AgriFutures Australia acknowledges the First Nations people of Australia as the traditional custodians of the lands and waters on which we live, learn and work. We pay our respects to past, present and future elders of these nations. Our head office is located in the lands of the Wiradjuri people of Australia and we acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of the lands and waters of the region. This is AgriFutures On Air, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. Hello, welcome to AgriFutures On Air. My name is Jane Cudahy. The benefits of and connections built out of the AgriFutures Horizons Scholarship Program is perhaps the organisation's worst kept secret. As the alumni builds, so do the collaborations and opportunities for career and professional development. A stunning example is Indiana Rind, a Horizon Scholar and Chief Technology Officer of Farmwall. She's been a Horizon Scholar not once, but twice during her Bachelor of Agricultural Engineering at the University of Southern Queensland. In this episode, Indiana tells our contributor Judy Kennedy that the program not only opened up some amazing career opportunities, but expanded her understanding of how the Australian ag industry is linked to our urban societies. Let's talk about your current role as Chief Technology Officer with Farmwall. Tell me what Farmwall does in layman's terms. It's it's baseline growing microgreens, isn't it? Yeah, so Farmwall is a vertical farming company that uses aquaponic systems to grow all our microgreens. So our main business model is our physical Farmwall, which is about a bookshelf-sized vertical farm. We often put these in places like offices, school canteens, restaurants, and we run a lot of engagement around it. So our goal is to sort of educate people in cities about agriculture and promote, you know, healthy eating, mental health, being green spaces, all that sort of thing. So tell me how the actual system works. You said it's a bookcase-sized system. Yes. What's in there? Yeah, so... The system's about the size of a bookshelf. So at the bottom, at the moment it's at the bottom, but we've got a fish tank and in there we've got, you know, fish and some plants and just make it look really nice. The water from the fish tank filters up to the top of the bookshelf, which has a layer of clay balls, which creates a beneficial bacteria environment where they're able to convert the fish waste into beneficial nutrients such as nitrates and the sort. Um, that is then filtered through to the plants, which fertilises the plants, allows them to grow and returns clean water back to the fish tank. So how much food can you grow from this? How many people would you feed? Yeah, so I think at the moment one farm wall serves about 270 people, individual microgreen serves. But you might be thinking, oh, microgreens, that's not really going to fill your tummy. And that's where we kind of tie it to our community farms. So with microgreens, microgreens are just um, baby plants, essentially, grown for 7 to 21 days. Benefit to them is they're highly nutrient-dense, so they're about 40 times more nutrient-dense than a spinach leaf. They're really great for you, but once you harvest them, you can actually replant them in the ground and can continue to grow a mature plant. But by having it in the office in the first instance, we're connecting with people who might not normally have that connection to agriculture and bringing them into the process. So they get to enjoy their microgreens and know that one day 
bunch of broccoli might turn up in the office and know that they had a part in making that appear. Yeah, fantastic. I guess we could talk about farm wall in two stages, couldn't we? Pre-COVID and post-COVID because the COVID-19 pandemic really made it difficult for the business to expand. So tell me what you were doing prior to COVID when you joined the business. Prior to COVID, our main business model was only our farm walls. So we had what we called Cultivate going down in Mervac in Sydney, where we had this whole green system going. We had car park space, which were turning into urban farms. And our main spot was this beautiful um, community spot where we had just different sorts of vertical farms. People can come work. And we just made it a real engaging and green area. And we used that to operate out of. Um, But yeah, unfortunately with COVID, Farmwall did take a bit of a hit because obviously if we can't get into offices, we can't take care of our fish, we can't take care of our plants. And so we had to adapt and change to that. So we just started developing our education models. So then you went to your education models. So you're talking about agriculture in school through the medium of Farmwall? Yeah, so we originally started by just sending kits out and having an online learning environment because, you know, during COVID, obviously couldn't get into schools, couldn't connect with people on a personal level. So we started building it like that. And after some, like, a couple of years of experimenting, we are finally able to start going into schools with all the lockdowns finishing up and all that. And so we've come to develop two different education programs. The first is our Future Food Farmers program, where we're in the schools for a term long. So the purpose of the Future Food Farmers program is to teach about agriculture and sustainability. So we go into the classroom, we bring a small-sized aquaponics kit that the kids get to set up, they get to learn about the fish, they get to interact with the plants, you know, put it in their lunches, and each kid gets a job. So they get to learn that every single person in that classroom gets to have a purpose in making this food system work and it really makes them connect with learning about agriculture how complex of a system it is how it relates to sustainability the world they live in and just get a connection back to the soil plants what we're eating that's fantastic because um, as you say a lot of these kids I'm assuming that you're in urban areas with these schools so a lot of the kids wouldn't have had anything to do with farms. You also, I think, mentioned to me earlier that you were doing seeding, uh, showing kids how to plant seeds in a novel way. Yeah, so those are the second part of our education programs. So we do incursions in school. So we go in for an hour or two and run little exercises. And our most popular one at the moment is seed bomb making. So we go through with the kids and teach them about biodiversity and how, you know, having different plants and animals in an ecosystem makes the ecosystem healthier and happier. And to do that, we teach, we let them make these little clay balls, which they put seeds in, and then they go scatter them out in the environment in areas that are not as green as they can be. So, you know, council strips, areas that had been developed or mined and now are just in need of regeneration 
and we let them track that. So I've got a little map so kids can go through, throw out their seed bombs, mark where they've done it, and they can physically see the impact that they're having in making the world a greener and more sustainable place. So they're tracking their map through their, what, phones? Yeah, phone. It's just a website, so phone, laptop, whatever they got. Yeah, terrific. The other thing that you're connecting with, aside from schools and corporates, is research institutions, isn't it? Because you're looking to get far more partnered up with universities and others. Yeah, so during my degree, I spent a lot of time working at the Research Centre for Agricultural Engineering at the University of Southern Queensland. And that really instilled in me the importance of doing research. But at the same time, and especially going to a lot of conferences, you hear all the time, you know, oh, industry doesn't want to accept research. They don't like new things. But at the same time, the other side's saying, oh, you know, they're just not researching what we're interested in. And to be honest, I don't think either side of that story is true. We just got to sort of start talking to each other more and coming to the table together and figuring out what we both want and need. It's not anyone's fault. We're just got to work together ultimately. So with Farmwall, I'm making it a real point to start those connections, start those conversations with universities, let them know that we're open and happy to, you know, do research with them. I've already had a couple conversations and, you know, when I mentioned to a uni, I'm like, oh, that could be a good research paper. They're like, are you sure you're in industry? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we, like having research out there benefits everyone. Like, I mean, when I did my honours thesis, there was a lot of ideas that I was taking from different parts of the industry and applying it to my own industry, being aquaponics, that if the research wasn't out there, I wouldn't have known about. So yeah, Farm was just really supportive of making that industry research connection and we hope to be one of the forefront examples of how we can lead that change. I understand you're seeking funding too for Farmwall to expand staffing and your reach. So tell us about your plans there. Yeah, so excited to announce that we just opened up our pre-seed funding round. Um, so we're looking to grow our staff and expand into more locations in the next year. And then at the end of this year, we're hoping to go into our proper seed round. And from that, we really are just looking to expand our staff, get into more offices, go Australia wide, um, and really start to grow the business and make an impact with more people. You're a lucky person in that you were awarded the AgriFutures Horizons Scholarship twice. That's pretty unusual and um, and I think is only done for people with significant potential in Indiana. <laughs> How did you feel? Where were you in 2018? And, and tell me about the circumstances that led up to you, your first scholarship and what you did with it. Yeah, so in 2018, I had just started studying a Bachelor of Agricultural Engineering at the University of Southern Queensland. And I can't even remember how I found out about it. I think I was just Googling agriculture one day, saw it and just thought I'd take a stab, didn't really think I'd get it. And yeah, surprisingly, I got it and honestly can say it was the best experience ever. So with it, I got to meet up with a cohort of like-minded students. 
and we really developed a support network with each other. Which would so, have been very important for you because you came from a small regional town. University of Southern Queensland is the only university in Australia that offers agricultural engineering. So you went to Toowoomba in southeast Queensland on your own, not knowing anybody. So I, I would imagine that Horizon Scholar cohort would have been hugely supportive for you. Yeah, it really was. And like a lot of the other scholars too are experienced that seeing that same thing because most of them are from a farming background whereas I'm from the central coast New South Wales definitely not farming and so a lot of us you know have the same experience of having to move away from family to attend university or are doing it online and I just really passionate about the agricultural industry and it's just so exciting and you know encouraging and empowering to be in a cohort of people that want to see the same changes you do. And then 2020 scholarship? What was the situation there? Yeah, so I was really lucky just with timing. So, yeah, so prior to 2018, the AgriFutures Horizon Scholarship was for the duration of your entire degree. In 2018, they changed it so that was now the first two years of your degree. And then in 2020, they changed it so it's the last two years of your degree. So I just happened to make it in at the right time and got it for the duration. I was really fortunate. So the first time around, I was sponsored by AgriFutures directly, and the second time around, I was sponsored by the CRCNA. Tell me about the CRCNA. So the CRCNA is the CRC for Developing Northern Australia, and it was really interesting that they provided a different perspective for me. So being from New South Wales originally and then Southern Queensland, Northern Australia was not something I ever really considered or thought of, but it was just interesting to see how many unique challenges they have up there. And it really opened my eyes up to the fact that you might think you understand the world, all the different problems you have, and then you go somewhere else and just hear someone else's perspective, and all of a sudden it's a whole new world. But sometimes they don't have good food systems up there. Sometimes they don't have the required nutrition or food can be hard to access. Even places like cities actually have a really short term of available food. I think they say like, I can't remember the exact number, but I believe like some cities only have nine days of food reserve. Mm. And that's why in COVID, when all the lockdowns happened, we had those shortages because really cities can't fend for themselves they don't produce enough food to sustain the people and yeah that's another reason why farm will interest me is because we really need to get cities to understand that they are a part of this and they need to put their food in the door otherwise something bad happens they're out of food yeah they can find they can provide their own solutions yeah It's all been very serendipitous this timing, the back-to-back scholarships, and then one day you got to go to the Evoke Ag event as a Horizon Scholar and happened to be strolling past a display for Farmwall. What did you think? What attracted you to that store? I was very lucky. So 2019 I got to go to Evoke Ag, the very first one. I was so excited for it and at Evoke Ag I was walking past and saw that an aquaponic system, which, bit of backstory, 
So being from city town, I first learned about my interest in agriculture from my school farm. And one of the things I loved the most in my high school farm is when I was in year 10, we got to put in an aquaponics system. Uh, Aquaponics being fish that fertilise the plants, clean the water, and that goes back to the fish. And I just love that an agricultural system can be closed loop. It can be an ecosystem. It can go back to what the environment naturally does. We can grow food in an ecosystem. It's an amazing solution to producing food and so different to what most commercial agriculture is at the moment. And so when I saw them at Avoke Ag and realised that they had this really cool thing that I'd been thinking about for years, I just went up and started a conversation and now happen to be a co-founder and CTO of the company. <laughs> Fantastic story because you did your first, um, uh, what was it, an uh, internship with Farm Wall for a week after that event? Yeah, so shortly after going to them in 2019, I got to use one of my AgriFutures Horizon Scholar work placements to actually go on placement with them in Sydney and just spent a week, you know, helping them deliver their education events, programs, you know, teaching people about vertical farming in the city, just having all those important conversations about growing food, sustainability and all that. And, you know, just really fell in love with the concept of engaging people with ag those work placements for the scholarships must be invaluable just to give you an insight into what people are actually doing and what's what's open to you a hundred percent and I've done so many different things with my work placements like my first one I went to Bridge Hub and Wagga Wagga and met the amazing Diana Somerville who just taught me so much about being a businesswoman and how to you know tackle the world then I went from that to farm wall which is vertical farming very different then from that to a sheep farm down in Esperance getting wow. some real farming experience in with um real woman's award recipient Belinda Way another amazing woman and then I think one of my other favorite ones was up to a lobster farm in Townsville so really the AgriFutures Horizon Scholarship can take you anywhere. As long as you've got a little bit of interest in it, just mention it and, yeah, AgriFutures supports us to go and explore. Is that what you'd say to somebody listening to this podcast? If you if they said to you, I'd like to apply, I'm a bit nervous, I don't know that I have what it takes to be a Horizon Scholar, is there a level that you need to be at before you apply or do you just take the chance? Just take the chance, 100%. If you've got any interest in agriculture and you're doing an agriculture-related degree, even if it's not, even if it's just general engineering or science, apply for it. I mean, I was in that boat. I didn't think I'd get it. I mean, I'm just some city kid that likes ag. Who am I compared to, you know, all these farm kids that are, you know, running their family farms or flying drones every day? But I threw my hat in the ring and I got it and you can too. It's just about putting yourself out there and taking the chance. Are you still in touch with some of your alumni with the Horizon Scholars? Oh, yeah, all the time. We've got a um, AgriFutures Horizon Scholar and alumni group, which people often, you know, put a post up on and be like, oh, can anyone who's in this field, can you fill out this survey? 
or oh I'm just doing a study on this can anyone put in their thoughts you know just to brainstorm with me it's really really a supportive group of students well I'm sure you offer the same support back Indiana you're a really impressive individual and thanks so much for being part of this AgriFutures podcast That was our contributor Judy Kennedy talking there with Horizon Scholar Indiana Rind. The AgriFutures Horizon Scholarship Program is about to get underway again. And as you heard, there's any number of reasons to throw your hat in the ring, not least being part of an awesome alumni that are proactive and passionate. Applications close on the 12th of January 2024, so best get in now before the silly season gets distracting. All the information is on our website, including how and where to apply. So that's agrifutures.com.au slash opportunities slash Horizon Scholarship. Talk with you again soon. I'm Jane Cudahy. You've been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. For full access to a huge backlog of stories on Australia's agricultural trends and innovations, research outcomes, inspiring stories from our rural leaders and insights into new and emerging rural industries, please subscribe to AgriFutures On Air on your favourite podcasting app. You can also find more information at our website, agrifutures.com.au.